so we are uh, apo- uh, I should say I am apologizing. We had an interview with uh, Minnesota's great tournament player John Junt, and um, we had been using Discord with a chat recording voice bot named Craig. Um, sometimes it worked perfect for me and Ryan, and sometimes it kept disconnecting. Uh, the night with John, it would disconnect uh, mul- multiple times in a row, and then we'd get a, a, an hour or so out of them. And when I was editing the files, we found out that um, he actually went, when he quit, he had not been recording for an hour or so. So we legit got one hour of audio out of a three-hour call. So we, Pretty fucking we amazing. Yeah. We want, there was a lot of good content in there, and that sucks. But we want to apologize to John. We hope he didn't waste his time. He seemed excited about uh, talking. And then any of the listeners, uh, I'm going to edit this as good as I can. You might feel or seem like it's disjointed, but that kind of is what happened. And I edited the best I could for the audio that we had left. Welcome to Flippin' and Mashin'. You have your host, Parnell, and... Lo Ryan. Lo Ryan. We, we have a special episode tonight, Ryan. We, we do. I'm very it's, excited about it. It's episode 54... Somehow I'm remembering these, probably because I have to edit them for three hours or six. We have John Junt from the Twin Cities, pro player extraordinaire. Welcome, John. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. First, what are you guys drinking? (laughs) I'll jump into that one. Oh, I'm going to let you. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking brewed green tea. Is the this drink- loose leaf or tea bags? Tea bags. Yeah. Okay. It, uh, Paul Newman's own and uh, organic. Not that I'm a big organic guy or anything like that, but it is uh, It's just what I've always bought. The, the biggest box I could find comes with 100, 100 <laughs> tea bags in each box. And... Uh, I brew it up and then just drink it like it's water. And uh, it's do you ever throw it at um, other players that you beat and just say like, "I just teabagged you"? No, no. Actually, it's funny enough. I don't. I I only drink it at home when I when I'm out in restaurants or or anywhere else. I'll drink iced tea. Um, but pinball drinks. I I have been known to go to the gas station and buy an old uh, icy and bring that. To uh, to pinball events, I love Ooh. I love my ICs. That's my guilty pleasure. So, I, if anything, I'd be throwing ICs all over somebody. Lorian, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I am drinking a quirk strawberry lemon and basil sparkling uh, spiked water. Oh my god! Yeah. Jesus what is Christ. wrong with us? Holy shit! Know. Was this like handcrafted in Seattle? Because it sounds about right. Uh, you know what? Hold on. So there's no sugar added. Um, call that basil, though, man. That'll get that'll get you going. Hey, Basils. it's gluten free. All right, that's what I know. Um, Missouri. It's made in Missouri, so we we were way off. Mm, I don't know what they put in their stuff down there, man. I don't M- know moonshine. 
I didn't know they knew what basil was down there. <laughs> it's it's pretty delicious. I'll, I'll give them that. It is delicious. Oh, good. I have a uh, I had a partial vodka, sparkling water, orange juice, but then I added gin and more sparkling water and orange juice. So I don't know what's going to happen. Well, at least one of us is drinking something normal. <laughs> <laughs> John's going to be carrying this episode because by the end of it, Parnell's going to be illegible. Sorry again, listeners. <laughs> this is like my sixth one because uh, my in-laws were over. I've been drinking them since like four o'clock. All right. Oh, I, don't, I don't make them strong, but whatever. Nice start. Yeah, um, start early. <laughs> <laughs> it was four. I mean, I was like, you know, taking care of the dog. And then yeah. I felt like my day was over. So it was time to drink. Mm-hmm. John. Yes. This is the time old question. How did you get into pinball? The time old. Yeah. That's wow. Sherman set the way back machine. That, uh, <laughs> you're, you're like my age. I mean, you're like, you know, 28. So I kind of wish. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been a couple of years since I was 28. I don't, I don't feel my age. Let's put it that way. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, not, not in my twenties anymore, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I just got into pinball because I was big into the video games back in the day. The you know, arcades, I mean, it was – we went out a lot as, fa- as a family. So every time we went to the mall, you know, the first thing I did was find the KB toys and I found the, found the arcade and, you know, tried to hustle my parents for any amount of quarters I could get out of them. And so it was video games. It was pinball. Um, I got into pinball specifically because, I mean, I love the real physics of it, but I love the fact that you could win free games. Mm. And when you're on a budget or broke, especially as a little kid, going into an arcade, you know, if you could, if you could play a game of Pac-Man or you could play a game of pinball where you had a chance to win free games or match um, and get a free game, then it was like, oh man, you know, I can, I can stretch my, my 50 cents or my dollar, whatever I got and, and make it go a little bit longer. So it was, that was attractive to me because I wanted to play because I only got a limited amount of money and when it was gone, it was gone. And then I was looking at under machines and in coin returns, trying to find a quarter anywhere <laughs> I could, but or free credit. But, um, yeah, that, that really got me into it. And then I kind of, you know, I had some success with that. i I, I enjoyed playing it. I, I did did well playing, and so I kind of just stuck with that going forward. Did your family play games? Like you said, your family went to play games. So, like, did your parents support you playing? You know, I wouldn't say support. <laughs> they definitely <laughs> didn't play. Um, my parents were like completely computer and almost technology literate, and. Um, they, my, my dad played pinball, the, the EM stuff when he was younger, but he didn't play it a lot. And as far as I know, my mom didn't really play anything. Um, so they, I, I got into it. They didn't really understand it. Uh, my mom was more supportive than my dad. My dad looked at it like a waste of money. And, um, so it was easier to get quarters out of mom than it was dad, <laughs> but no, they didn't, they didn't play with me. It was more of Give them, give me a few bucks to keep me distracted while they did what they wanted to do. It oh, was like, okay. like paying for a babysitter basically. And, uh, and they saw that I got, 
enjoyment out of it. So it was it was a little bit rewarding there. But no, they they never had any interest in in playing arcade games or even video games at home when I got the you know when then Nintendo came out and Sega came out. They didn't they didn't understand it. I always find that interesting because uh, my parents also were not at all into games, and um, I don't know if it's just like. And I think you're maybe a little older than I am. I'm 36, and um, yeah, I, I'm a little. Okay, <laughs> I'm 44. <laughs> oh, okay. But like my friends had consoles, or their their older sibling did, and so then all of a sudden it was Nintendo, and then I purchased my own Sega and Atari 2600, and <laughs> and like my dad would play Altered Beast with me on Sega, but he really never played video games with me. It was just kind of me by myself or my friends. So I always yep. find it interesting of like. Now, like now, when I have my kids, I'm going to be playing games with them, and I'm curious how they're going to be because it's now something we can enjoy and share. Right? Yeah. I. I, I mean, I do. I play. I play games with my kids, and um, like my yeah, games. My, well, I, I, they play <laughs> games with me. They. Yeah, I they mean, game, man. I play pinball and arcade games and stuff, and you know, video games, and and. Uh, and they, they like that. I mean, I like doing it, you know, trying to get them interested in it. And, and it works to a certain degrees. But, but yeah, my parents just never um, never latched on to it for whatever reason. It wasn't as popular. I mean, it wasn't as easy for for them to do back then. Mm, I think yeah. if they would have tried it, they would have really liked it. But they, they kind of were just against any of that technology stuff. They just didn't like change. It was what works they didn't trust it you know whatever worked before let's just keep doing that we don't need all this newfangled technology <laughs> stuff to to potentially break or learn let's just go play monopoly yeah pretty much you know cards cards board games oh that yeah kind of stuff. those were old reliables they were always there <laughs> are you trying to get your kids to play pinball yeah i, I mean i've definitely made efforts they and they like it i don't know if they just do that too. I mean, they're only my son's nine and my daughter's seven. So I mean, I don't know if they do it to indulge me um, <laughs> or if they or if they really do like it. I think they do like it. Uh, my 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 son's friends think it's pretty cool, you know, that we got the old arcade downstairs. But um, yeah, I do, and I mean, I want them to enjoy it. I mean, because I I look back to when I was that age. I mean, if I would have had pinball machines or god even a pinball machine or a arcade game in my basement when i was young my head would have exploded and now they've got just a whole wide range of games and full access to them and and uh you know i want them to appreciate that as much as possible even though they don't appreciate <laughs> it like like i think they should because they didn't live through that time when when i mean when i was young i never thought you could own a game. I mean, it was just, it, it wasn't reality, you know, now finding out you can own them and, and buy them and, and buy them in quantity. Um, it, it's still kind of mind blowing to me. It, uh, it's a little sad in some ways because it takes the mystique out of it a little bit when you, when you get in there and see how they work and, and what's behind them. It's always, it was always fun to kind of have a little bit of a, mystery behind it when i was young like i don't know how this works i just know how to play it and <laughs> and, and that's all i care about the funny part is for our kids they'll probably think having an arcade at your house is normal and i'm just going like 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 for me i have a medieval madness i'm like looking at my kids going 
this is a fucking medieval madness. Right. It's in like, your basement. This right. is insane. Right. You should be impressed. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you shouldn't have to tell them that they need to be impressed, but it is. Yeah. I, I like it when their friends come over and their friends are impressed and their friends want to see it. You know, it's, it's kind of a little bit of validation there that, uh, you know, I'm not just, I'm not the dorky old man. You know, it's like, I, I do have cool things and, and kids think my things are cool. Yeah. I just keep, I keep telling, yeah, right, I keep telling myself that. You know, I, I can get down with the Instas, you know, and the, the likes on Face page. I don't even so have an Instagram do, account. No one should, but somehow yeah, I, Ryan does, I guess. No, I don't have one. Our flipping oh. and mashing's going to have one soon, though. Ugh, you better manage yeah. it. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, and I'm going to manage the Facebook one and not let you, man, like, touch it. <laughs> Good, because Stern will probably take it down again. Mm-hmm. And ban it for exactly. life. <laughs> um, John, do your kid, uh, your kids' friends' parents, like, do any of them want to come see it and play? Yeah, you know, they've, they've talked about it. Um, I, I don't think they realize, like, what – whenever I talk to their, you know, my – the parents about it you know they always they'll say oh do you have this game or that game i oh. remember that game back in the day you know everybody's got their great memories and 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 if i actually end up having one of those games they like they're oh yeah i love that you know and they they talk about wanting to play it um and see it in whenever i have like when we have christmas over at my house or something you know all the relatives will come over and and they they'll hang out in the in the arcade and they'll play games and it's just cool to see you know, my aunts and uncles that playing Tron or something, you know, something that I didn't think that they didn't necessarily care about, but, but watching <laughs> them just play it over and over again, you know, have everybody down there. Um, so yeah, they, they do express interest. I don't think they, until they see it, I don't think they really <laughs> comprehend, you know, they, yeah. they probably think it's like, like a broke down multi-cade, you know, sitting there <laughs> alone when it's, when it, no, it's, it's a lot of games and it's, <laughs> You know, all original games and, and, uh, and I mean, I've got the whole ambiance set up too with the Black Lake race. It's, it's, uh, I like that, that nostalgic feel. You know, the, the decor is, is part of it for me, which is why I don't really like the, the MAME cabs and stuff like that. I want, I want it like I remember it in an environment like I remember it. Otherwise, I just don't really care as much. Oh, you're so pure. I am. I am, you know, right or wrong. I mean, it, 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 I can understand why people like it the other way too, but I it just, for me, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I like yeah, it works that. for you. Yeah. John has a lovely basement listeners. Let me tell you, <laughs> I've been down there somewhat recently. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's lovely. He lives, uh, on a mountain. I'm convinced of it. Uh, but other <laughs> than that, uh, you know, it's a lovely, lovely basement. It's like getting walk out. out. Getting a game out of Alcatraz, huh? It was no, I got pretty the, brutal. I got the walk up, but we got a hill to go up on the side of the house. But there's no stairs, at least, which is – that was one one main thing I was looking for when I we were house hunting was I need a walk out. I can't do it any other way because I've got too much junk, and, and I don't want to drag it downstairs. So it's, I've got to be able to just go around and, and go in the, in the walk out. I will say when I was looking for a house um, – I also wanted a somewhat walkable first, like basement, so that I could get games in and out without having to 
do too many stairs or anything because I think I only had two games when I bought this house, but it's always a, you know, it's always a, a fear in your mind of like when you get 30 games, like how am I going to get these in and out of the house? Yeah. And they, I mean, they just multiply. You, you can't, I never thought I'd have as many games as I do now. And I mean, I've got them, I've got them in the game room. I got them in the garage. I, I, I've got too many games, but you know, when I see a deal or when I see something I really, <laughs> really like that you know, kind of strikes the nostalgic chord, I, I can't help myself, and I and I figure out logistics after the fact. Man, if I had not met my wife, there would be games in every room of my house. <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah, I mean, it's she is the the balancing factor for sure. I mean, I I would be one of those people who'd be like, I don't need a kitchen table. You know, that's more room for games. I can eat yeah. on the couch <laughs> on a TV, on a TV table. You know, I don't need anything. So oh, it, it, it is nice to have a little bit of a, a limiting factor there because it, uh, it, it keeps me at least somewhat honest when it comes to putting games in the house. Do you have like a very strict side, um, size? I was going to say size limit for like, you can only have so many pinballs, so you have to keep your collection at a specific number. Yeah. Well, obviously, we know that isn't super strict, because uh... right. <laughs> I I was good with that for a long time, and then recently I've been bad. Um, <laughs> so I have room. The way I have my basement set up, I've got room for five pinball machines, and I've got room for about oh eight arcade games, and. I have seven pinball machines right now, <laughs> and, uh, and I've got, oh, God, probably 12 arcade games. So, so your garage is full, too. <laughs> yes. And, um, uh, yeah, you know, I just, I, I have a hard time. I'm, I'm much better than I used to be. I used to buy everything. But I'm, I have a hard time saying no to certain things that really – that I really enjoyed or if the price is just really, really good. And so I, um, yeah, right now I, my pinball machines are, I got to get creative to get those in there. But I just, I, you know, I'm at a point where I like what I have and I don't want to get rid of anything before. It was always, it was always easier to find the low man on the totem pole. I mean, but I, I sold ghostbusters to Ryan. I didn't want to sell ghostbusters. And so, I mean, it was, I was selling that. Yeah, well, you were persistent. <laughs> I will give you that. I was. I, and, was, uh, I was. You know, when that went, then it was like, okay, well, I didn't want to sell it, but now it's gone, so now I got room. And then stuff pops up for the right price, and I just have a hard time saying no. This leads to a good whatever entrance to what, – what, what do you currently have? So I've got – I've got uh, the Jersey Jack Pirates of the Caribbean. I've oh my got, god! How, did you buy that? Like you were the first owner? No, of it? no. Fun fact: I've never bought a new inbox pinball machine ever. What? I've, oh wow! I've never. I've had about thirty some games, and I've never bought one brand new. I'm just too cheap. I, I just, I really am. Oh, I totally the, understand that. I, w- I will say that um, the Jersey Jack Pirates of the Caribbean is like. Oh my god! Almost was almost double what I'd ever spent on a, on a game before. So I I got it local, well, somewhat locally. I had it was about an eight hour round trip to get it, but um, it was one of those things where I loved the game and played it at SS Billiards and 
and really just loved it from from day one. But it was, I mean, they would, things were eighty five, ninety five hundred dollars, and there was just no way. I mean, at that time, I had never really spent even four grand on a game. Every game I got was because it was a smoking deal, or it was broken, and I got it fixed somehow. And uh, and so when that opportunity popped up. I couldn't say no. And uh, so I traded my WrestleMania towards it and, and threw some cash towards it. I mean, I got an amazing deal on that too, surprisingly enough, because of course those nowadays are, are going for well over retail. Um, and I love it. I mean, I, I absolutely love the game. So it was, it was something where I never thought ever thought that I'd have one, but um, kind of the stars aligned on that one and, and it worked out. And I mean, I can't see that one ever leaving it. Um, it's farthest away from the, the walkout <laughs> because I don't plan on, on moving it. So, um, yeah, I've got that. And then I've got uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, which is the longest tenured game in my collection. I've had that for, oh, God, 10 years plus. Oh, wow. Yeah, I always love that game. Um, I love the theme. I love all that that game's got going on. I love the depth. I love the challenge. I just... I've always been such a fan of that game and, uh, and it keeps me coming back for more. So, I mean, I, that, I don't ever see me selling that game unless it was to get a nicer one. Have and you beat it? I have a few times now, okay. but it took me a long time to get there. And, uh, and it's still, it's not easy. And I mean, even when you beat it, there's other things to do. Like there's frog frenzy, which is like another wizard mode. And that is, that's not even the main wizard mode, but it's, it's almost harder to get to than it is than the main wizard mode because um, you have to get so many super jackpots to do it. And then you got to get another one after you do them all. And it, it's, it's so, it, it's just so challenging. So it's, I love that about that game. So, I mean, that, that one's been there. That one's been there for a long time and it's going to be there for a long, a long time uh, to come. And uh, let's see what else do I have. I've got going down the line that I can remember downstairs. Got Iron Maiden. I uh, picked one of those up oh, a while back now. But I love. Yeah, I'm, I was never a big Iron Maiden music fan. You know, mm-hmm. I was new. I was new. Run to the Hills, and that was kind of about it. Um, but the challenge of that, you know, Keith's first game, um, the way he the depth that he put into that, it, that is just like, it was perfect. You know, I, looking at that, I mean, it was just, it's great for a home environment too, because it's just, it's got so much going on. And um, so I bought it. I didn't really care about the Iron Maiden theme, but I mean, the music, I, I learned to love the music. Um, you know, even bought the greatest hits CD of theirs and, and so I do listen to it. Um, it's got the jukebox mode on there now with the new code update too, so that's always fun. So like that one, I've got um, uh, Jurassic Park, which happened because of the Ghostbusters sale. Otherwise, that would not happen. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, you know, another Keith game. Um, you know, he he just knocks that out of the park. I love how he goes about designing a game because he's a He's a player, you know, super competitive. He's got that depth, that challenge in mind. But he puts something out there, you know, for everybody. Um, love the theme, you know, so, so playing that, I was like, God, this is a great game. I want to get one. Like I said, never would have happened without the Ghostbusters sale, but it, 
but that happened. And so, so Jurassic Park happened. I've got um, a stern Star Trek. That was one I got because the I, I like the game, but I got it because the price was right for sure. And um, a lot of good memories of that challenging, challenging game. And I've always I loved Star Trek Next Generation. So that uh, it was an easier pickup for me. Then I've got uh, X-Men uh, Magneto uh, limited edition. I, I always loved the X-Men game. I mean, I love the theme. I love how much it's got going on. Never thought I'd get an LE because once again, yeah. I'm, che- I'm cheap. <laughs> and uh, I had the pro for a long time. Uh, I hounded John Galvin of, uh, you know, Mortimer's and Tilt for, for his X-Men Pro because it was the only one. Nobody had one. And I always wanted one. And he finally sold it to me. And I liked it so much Then I sold it and got uh, the Magneto. And, you know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful game. And uh, for an LE especially, I mean, the price is right. Lots to do. You know, it's once again super challenging. So that that's one that's that's been around for a couple of years now and can't see it going anywhere anytime soon. And then the last one I have currently is uh, I got a WrestleMania back, which <laughs> you know everybody gets oh a good laugh God. out of that. Everybody gets a good laugh out of that. I um, you know I understand people don't like it, and f- for me, I've got a lot of good memories of it. I. Um, I played it on route back in the day. Of course, when it came out, they had Stern had Stern and, and WWE had that King of the Ring tournament that they did nation or actually worldwide, where it was basically a high score contest and um, it was scores during competition. And I just I loved how different it was. Um, yeah, the early code with the ring was was a little repetitive you know the 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 code update has made it much better since then but um i liked it i just got kind of gravitated to it and i did i did really well in that that king of the ring tournament i won like wrestling tickets and i won a stern um so i got to go see a live wrestling match which i hadn't done in probably god 30 years and um i won one of those stern light boxes and some other stuff too from that so i've got Got good memories of that. And it's just, the game is hard. You know, it's, I always liked wrestling. I liked the old school wrestling more than the new guys. So an LE would probably be a better fit for me. But um, I've got the pro, and it's just, it is a hard, hard game. To get to the heavyweight title fight, you need to do 25 shots. 25, Ooh. you know, four, it's four shots on each main shot of the game plus four pins up top in the upper play field. And then after it's all done, you got to pin them again. And it oh, is God. so difficult. I've, I've done it once, but that was only when I had a ball stuck one time. <laughs> um, I've never done it legitimately. I've been one shot away. I couldn't get that final pin. And it, it's just a ball buster. And, and I love that in a game. And so, you know, the good memories combined with the challenge – Combined with the theme that I like, and I mean the price, of course, is right on that one. Um, I'm glad to have it back, and uh, and I know it doesn't get a lot of love, but you know it's it's my guilty pleasure. Um, so yeah, I've got that. Those are the seven that I've got. 
pinball wise right now. And, uh, I mean, God help me if I, if I, there's something else I want to buy. Cause I don't know what I'd get rid of right now. I, I can't, I'd probably have eight. I don't know. I, I can't think of anything to sell that I really have any interest in selling right now. One, I almost bought a WrestleMania because you said that, um, years ago. And I remember one popped up. I don't remember if it was like 2,800 or 31 or, you know, some super cheap price. Yep. And I was like, yep. God, I need this game. John said it was good. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, people would disagree with me. And I mean, I can't even argue too much if they would disagree with me. It, it, I mean, is it perfect? God, no. I mean, no, it needs a code update. It really does. And I mean, with a little bit of polish, it could be, it could be so much better. I mean, it could be really, really good. There, there's just a few, there's a few tweaks they could do. They could add some high score tables to it. I mean, really make it interesting on a wrestler to wrestler perspective. Um, I think a lot of the reason it gets a lot of hate is because the early code wasn't great and people don't understand it. I mean, people do not understand how to play that game. They just, they think, Oh, ring, you know, the ball's always in the ring. The ball's always in the ring. They don't even get what to do. And, and there's, there's so much to it. And, and, and like I said before, it's just such a challenge, you know, to, for completion wise that, um, it, it just, it's interesting to me in, yeah, it's frustrating, but uh, it's one of those games where it keeps me pushing the start button. Cause it, you, you just, you're almost fighting with the game. You just get pissed off and you're like, all right, you know, here we go. I'm, I'm you know, I'm doing it this time or I'm going to play it till I do it. And, um, and I love that when it can, when I can get a reaction like that out of a game, um, you know, like it's fighting me that mm-hmm. that's fun for me. Cause then, you know, it's rewarding then when you finally do beat it. Well, and I've, you know, talking with John, I've nearly also bought one cause John just talks so passionately about it. I'm like, <laughs> Oh man, like maybe I need to pick one of these up. <laughs> like I, I, I enjoy the deeper, harder games. All right. And, uh, I think every time, uh, Chelsea's pretty much shot me down. She's like, I don't know about that one. Like every time we've played it at league night or something like that, she's like, I, there's nothing memorable about it. Uh, but, um, no, I, I agree. It, it does have a certain pizzazz to it, if you will. It's unique. And I, and I look for that in games. I really, you know, John Trudeau designed it. And I mean, I, I love what he, how he designed games. Of course, he's not around anymore and I don't love anything of that, but um, I love how he took chances. And when you got it, when you got a Trudeau game, you never knew what the hell you were going to get. I mean, it was, it, it was always unique and and I appreciate that. I don't I don't need the same standard fan layout, you know, of, of medieval madness and Attack from Mars and and all that. I, I like something different, and so I appreciated how different that game was with the ring. And it's unfortunate that on so many levels, it's unfortunate. But um, I think if that game, if he hadn't been attached to it, it probably would have gotten a code update. I mean, we saw how long Ghostbusters took to get updated, um, and that's another one of his games. But I think it would have gotten a little bit more love, and I think it really could have taken the game to the next level because there, it's got some great ideas in there. It's just the the rules aren't quite there the way it sits, and uh, and I don't think it would take. I wish I had the ability to do it myself. I, I wish I wish I had that kind of programming ability or or you know, knew somebody that could to just, 
I've got uh, lots of people that are passionate about the game. There's there's a there's a group on Pinside that is, and they've got some great ideas, and and I wish that those could get implemented somehow because I I can just see how fun that game could be with not a lot of effort, and uh, I don't think it'll ever happen. But but uh, you know it's it's unfortunate to that it ended up like it did. Yeah. So John, I guess this will lead us into our next question for you. Uh, before we get to our main topic of the evening. Um, so uh, we've hit a little bit that you are a tournament player, but um, what are some of slash all of the things that you do inside of the hobby as a whole? Yeah, you know, when I when I get into something, I kind of go head first and just kind of think about it later on. So, I mean, it was... I was into big into playing games, you know, back in the day, and, and I've been always competitive, competitive at, at whatever I like to do. So I, when I got to high school and in college, we would go out and, and play pinball, and and once again we kind of play for the um, the replay factor, the free game factor for those that were broke, like like we were. We could entertain ourselves for a while, but when I got into it on a competitive level, I found SS billiards and. And uh, and played in a tournament out there I had no desire to play in, um, but they just kind of made me because it was a uh, one of his Mayday events and pinball circus deals and and um, I won that first tournament I played in. Then he had another one that night, and then I came in second. And I'm like, okay, I kind of like this. And so, getting a little early taste of success, I decided, let's go kind of head first. So I mean, I. I started hosting events, you know, doing whatever I could to, to help anybody out. You know, we would do Thursday night events at SS Billiards, which, I mean, I live in Woodbury and that's Hopkins. That's a heck of a drive, um, even to get there. But, um, you know, I wanted to help out out Lloyd and SS Billiards. So I, I had, I was living in a townhome at the time. So I was buying games that I didn't have any place for because I lived in a town home. So I would put them at SS Billiards and I would let him keep the coin drop. And I just, I said, you know, just maintain them. Um, you know, I didn't really know anything about fixing games, especially at that point. So it was just, I wanted to buy them. I wanted to play them. And it was kind of a, so I did that. I would host events. I let him use games. Um, I really started you know, hosting leagues and, and, and tournaments and helping out, uh, you know, at Mortimer's, at, at Sunray, you know, Tony and John, um, doing anything I could. I, um, I jumped into it with the Minnesota Pinball uh, Facebook page. We kind of started um, a group. Originally, it was kind of more Mortimer's focused when I was helping out at Mortimer's doing uh, their monthly events. And then... It kind of had a need to do more. We were, we were posting stuff about other events on the Mortimer's page, which felt a little weird because it was supposed to be focused on one location. So I, I came up with this Minnesota Pinball page that everybody could use. So, you know, so it was anybody wanted to post about an event, a question, um, location, anything. You know, people could use that, and that's been super fun to see that grow i mean it's got it's like 12 1300 members now and most of them are local too so it's it's really people from around the cities and 
and you get people asking questions about you know where to buy a game, how to fix a game, you know where to play a game, and and uh, there's always somebody that can jump in and chime in and point them in the right direction. So that's been fun. Um, on pin side, I did the Secret Santa. You know, I've been doing that for a few years. Took um, took the idea for that uh, a Secret Santa program on on pin side and had no idea if it would work, but figured give it a shot. Um, and it's been it's been a great success. It's grown every year, and and the the generosity of people out there is just blows me away. And um, and it's just fun. It's fun to to relive some of those 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 kid memories from back in the day, you know, it's, I always loved that time of the year. I loved getting presents, anything, of course, video game related back in the day. And, and nowadays as you're older, it's not the same. And, and, uh, even if I want something like that, normally I kind of have to spoon feed it to my wife and tell her what to buy or, or even go out and buy it for her, you know, and have it, you know, shipped. So I know exactly what's coming and, and it's fun, but it's not, it's not, there's no mystery behind it, you know, and it, it's, it's kind of just going through the motions because you're buying something for yourself with your own money, which is, you know, it, it loses a little something. So this is a way for people who get that nostalgia pinball arcade addiction to kind of all bond with each other and buy stuff for each other. And, and, and they know like-minded people know what pinball people like. So it's, it's not weird to them. They know where to go to get it. And, and they come up with some really cool, you know, personal um, gifts and, and put a lot of thought into it. So it's, it brings back a little bit of that magic, which is cool. Um, you know, and I started doing stuff like that because as my kids got older, I couldn't do the competitive scene like I used to. I, I, God, I used to go out two, three times a week for events and played in everything. And now that they're older, they're doing their own things and, and I don't want to miss that stuff. You know, I need to be around more. So it's I kind of made the con in about 2017, I made the conscious decision to say, you know what, I'm not going to, not going to do it like I used to do it anymore. Um, and it was hard, especially at first, but I still do the launch parties and things like that and still help out at different locations. And so I, I've been able to keep up with it a little bit and, and do the things like the Minnesota pinball page and secret Santa to kind of help out from behind the scenes. And, and so it's been good. You know, I, I still get to contribute. I just don't get to be there playing in those events as much as I used to. Yeah. Well, and, and from two enthusiasts uh, that both were able to take part of secret Santa, thank you so much because I know me and Parnell, absolutely loved secret santa this year and um you know this is my first year so i can't say the previous years i know parnell's had a few and uh you know we really appreciate that because like you said uh, it's one thing if you you know tell your significant other you're like hey you know, i really want uh this specific thing you know and they'll either buy it and then there really isn't a lot of like surprise when you right. get that shaped package Whereas, you know, with Pinside Secret Santa, I mean, you really don't know what you're getting. And it's genuinely exciting because you know it's not going to be like, oh, I got socks right. and jeans exactly. and underwear <laughs> because I'm such a hard person to shop for. Because I'm like, yeah, can I get lip flipper buttons? And, you know, I'd like a color DMD. And they're like, what? Do you, what, what? Hold on. like, <laughs> Right. You might so, as well be speaking Greek to, to anybody outside the hobby. They have no idea what you're talking about. They, they You can't go to Walmart or Target to get that. So they don't know where to go to get it. And, 
And um, yeah, right. so I mean, that's pretty much just pointing them. You're like, here, go to this link right. and right. buy it here. And then the, the like surprise is gone. Exactly. So. Yeah, I mean, I can do that myself. You know, I can, I can go out and buy it myself and, and I don't need to do that. So it's kind of like, you know, I like that surprise factor and I've been blown away by some of the gifts that people give and some of the gifts that I've gotten. I mean, I, I really, the, the personal touch that you, it's stuff that you just, you couldn't buy, you know, and I wouldn't even ever think to buy, even if I could buy it. So it, it, it's super rewarding to me to see the reactions that people have. I mean, it's brought people to tears and, and that's, that's so, if I can, if I can do something that brings people to tears in a good way, um, you know, I'm all for it. I mean, I, I never thought that, that I would get those kind of reactions um, from people. And, and so it's super re- rewarding to me to see that on the back end, you know, when that, when that kind of stuff happens. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, I, uh, I, I definitely, like I said, I, I can't thank you enough because I totally love Secret Santa this year. I can't believe it took you this long to participate, Ryan. I lurked for a while, like a long while, because I didn't think I was worthy enough, uh, you know, but eventually I was like, you know what, screw it, like, no, no, I know no. enough. I forced you now. into it this year. You did, a little. I've been in it since the beginning, and I remember how much fun I had. My The first year, I went nuts, and the guy never posted that he got it, and I was so sad. <laughs> yeah, still and that, felt good. I struggle with that every year. <laughs> I struggle with that every year, you know, some, and, and cause people take it, you know, they put a lot of effort and pride into doing it and, and everybody loves to see what they bought posted, you know, by who they bought it for mm-hmm. and, and get that appreciation. And, and, and for some reason, it's just like pulling teeth for some people to do that. And, and it, and it bugs me and there's as much as I stress it and as much as I, I reinforce it, you know, and remind people, it just, Every year we get those people that just, for whatever reason, you know, they can't take the five seconds to do that. <laughs> and, um, and, and that's, that's the one thing, you know, we get, it's got our, it's got its challenges. I mean, especially this year with the post office. Um, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, you picked an interesting year to come in. It, uh, I mean, this year, of course, I mean, 2020, of course, was, was upside down for so many reasons, but, the the post office boy, whew, I mean, we had packages shipped out early December, mid December that didn't arrive till early January. I mean, nobody ever would think, oh, I need to mail mine it a month in advance <laughs> to get it there, and um, and so people really they rolled with the punches on that pretty well. I I've, I felt bad for people, but they they really took it in stride because um, you know I, I we try to make sure everything gets there by Christmas Eve. And, and of course there's issues when, especially when you're international, um, there's issues with that, but this year it was extra challenging, but it, it all turned out. I mean, it's still not done too. There's still that big package coming. Um, the guy's going to get a delivery and he knows it's coming now. So that'll be fun to see. And, uh, and then I've already started buying stuff for next year. Cause that's just what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm getting ahead of the game for, for 2021. Very nice. Yeah, I feel like um, because of the craziness that people were were extra good about being patient and knowing that that stuff was potentially messed up. Um, I haven't really seen anything negative in this thread this year, which is fantastic. 
it is so fun seeing what people get and the creativeness of of those random Santas. Yeah, there isn't a lot of negativity, which is pleasantly surprising because uh, you know Pinside's got a reputation to be a little bit negative and right or wrong. And I remember when I was when I was throwing out the idea for doing the Secret Santa, the some of the negative Nancys on Pinside were quick to to jump in and say this is never going to work. You know, you you can't take all these people from across the world and expect them to do this, and it's it's going to fail, and people are going to be pissed off. And I mean, and I thought about that too, and um, thankfully enough, they were wrong. I mean, we've never had somebody that that didn't buy a gift, and it's grown every year, and the the positivity behind it. I mean, I've I haven't had people that were extremely upset with what they got. You know, everybody seems to at least put in, you know, some effort to it, which is nice. And, uh, and, and like I said, I, I never would have bet on that originally. I would have thought, you know, we're going to have our ups and downs and our bumps in the road and we're just going to deal with them. But, um, we've been, been very blessed (laughs) in that regard. Do do you think it's just gotten, like um, easier every year or better every year. So next year should be smoother. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's still a very manual process that I do behind the scenes. Um, So it's a lot of work behind the scenes, but I, I've come up with different ways to do things and templates to do things. So it's, it's getting easier for me to communicate out. It's a, it's a lot of repetition, a lot of communication, um, but as the numbers grow, I've been able to to keep it under under control. Uh, I did worry about that, especially that first year when it jumped from like 60 people to like 113. I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to manage this? Hmm. And um, so I've come up with different things. But, it, yeah, I mean, I, I just see it getting better and better. It, it was, I think even with Secret Santa, there's there's kind of like a hidden competition level there too. I mean, oh people want to people wanna outdo themselves and they want to outdo each other. And so once somebody raises the bar, then, then you've got people that literally are like, all right, I'm going above, I'm going up and over because, you know, people won't even necessarily know it's me that's buying that, but I want to be, I want to say that I'm the person that's bought, you know, the biggest gift ever, or, you know, or the most personal gift ever kind of thing. And, um, and that's fun. You know, a little bit of healthy competition is good. So I, I love it. You know, I, I didn't get the biggest gift this year. I mean, but I'm, I love what I got and, and, uh, and more power and, and happiness to the people that, that did get insane gifts because, um, you know, that's, it's fun. Cause you do, you don't expect it. You know, the, the guy who's getting the, the one gift delivered by freight, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he had no idea it was coming. And, uh, and I had to ask him for his phone number so they could set up the delivery and he kind of laughed, you know, and, it, and now he's like, he messages me and he, he's like, I'm, I'm baking like with anticipation because I'm so excited. It's like a kid, kid on Christmas morning again, you know, opening up that uh, Star Wars set or, you know, your He-Man action figures. You know, it's, it's, it, that's bringing back that feeling and that's what it's all about. And, and, you know, we, you get there when, when you got people reacting like that, when you got grown men and women reacting like that. 
Yeah, it's it was so fun to see people getting like my the person I got for he had made a comment that it seemed like you know we had been friends forever and it was like it was super nice to hear that I did enough stalking to get stuff that they was personal enough for them, even though I've never met this person in my life. Yeah. You'd be amazed at how much you can learn about somebody just from posting history or a Facebook page or, I mean, complete strangers. You know, I've, I've done the same thing where it's, I've, I've never had anybody that I've known. So anybody that I buy for, it's always you know, I'm starting from from square one. Like, okay, who is this person? You know, what do they like? Um, you know, what kind of you know family situation do they have? Do they have kids? Do they have a dog? You know, the people go and buy dog treats for pets. I mean, they 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 just go so <laughs> yeah. above and beyond. And um, and it it just it really does. You you feel after you do a certain level of of stalking or investigation into somebody about what to buy them. I mean, you feel like you do know them on a personal level. And, uh, and it's cool. There's been friendships made from that. You know, people have, have met each other from that, from the secret Santa program. And, and, uh, I mean, I just, it, it, it's super rewarding to see that kind of stuff. Cause I, I always dreamed like those could be side effects of it, but I never really thought <laughs> they would be. I thought it would just be something that, you know, people do and they have a decent time with and, and I'm like, okay, you know, next, and uh, and it's just turned out to be so much more than that. So it's it it definitely gives me that extra momentum to to keep going year after year with it. Yeah, I think this this upcoming year, I gotta find the food that everybody goes bananas over. I gotta find something that could be addicting. Yeah, you know it. Uh, well, if you <laughs> if you go by the what the thread is, it'd be corn nuts and chinchillas, but. Uh, <laughs> And dodge pretzels. Yeah, they're, yeah, the, the, they're pretty those good, are, but they're expensive. Oh my god, they're expensive. Oh yeah, um, yeah, they are good. And uh, yeah, that's the other thing too about it is people will find, you know, somebody somebody will buy a shirt or somebody will buy food for somebody, and then you'll have so many people chiming in saying, "Oh my god, where did you get that?" You know, I love yeah. that. And uh, and it almost starts a little side trend about people kind of jumping on the bandwagon and saying, "Oh my, you know, I love this now too." And I hadn't been exposed to it or seen it or even heard of it. So that's, that's always fun to see, you know, what the, what the item is or the food is of the year that, that people kind of latch on to and, and end up wanting after the fact. No joke. I am so close to buying that Guy Fiera trash can nachos kit. (laughs) Cause that looked so good. And I had no idea that was a thing. I didn't either. That was pretty incredible. Okay. Let's start sharing this stuff. This looks delicious. Yeah, yeah. Conversation starters. I mean, that's that. I saw shirts. I saw stuff like that, and it's just stuff you either you forget that you knew about or you never knew about to begin with, and then you're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta look into that a little bit more. Well, then let me say the Secret Santa program, as far as like the level of care that people take in selecting the gifts, is ungodly i've participated in a few other secret santas and i mean you know you you more or less kind of get one of the items that you ask for or something and that's just kind of it but um it's incredible seeing what so many people have done and even my secret santa somehow knew the mods that i did and didn't have for my turtles and uh you know i was able to get a, a really 
awesome gift as well. So it's uh, it's very very cool. Yeah, it's almost scary how how much some people know sometimes. You know, it's like how did how did you know that? I mean, I I've gotten the same thing where it's I don't know if if people have asked. You know, people that I know, like, does John have this? Does John have that? Because some of them are scary accurate. All right. So I guess uh, without further ado, we'll get into our main topic here. Um, but before we start, we'll go ahead and quickly go over um, what games are in our basement currently. Uh, I guess I'll start. Um, so I currently have a Ghostbusters Pro. I have a Total Nuclear Annihilation I have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a Black Knight LE, a Terminator 3, and I have an Attack from Mars LE. Uh, John, I know we went over yours, but I'll have you quickly list them off again. Sure. Yep, I've got the Jersey Jack, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Ripley's Believe It or Not, the uh, Iron Maiden Pro, got a Jurassic Park Pro, an X-Men uh, Magneto LE, uh, Star Trek Pro, and then the WrestleMania Pro as well. My God, it's like only deep games. Yep, it is. That's <laughs> This will that's, be a fun talk. That was, yep. uh, that's why they were chosen. <laughs> this will be an interesting talk because uh, obviously it's everybody's own opinion, but there's um, different skill levels here, and so it'll be, it'll be fun. I have a Ghostbusters Premium, Metallica Pro, Tron Pro, Medieval Madness Remake LE, Lord of the Rings, Stern Galaxy, ACDC Lucy Premium, Gottlieb Playball from the 70s, and I'm, I have a Stern Sopranos, and I'm borrowing a Swords of Fury. I think that's it. Nice. To me, they're all deep. <laughs> <laughs> Especially that skill roll, right? <laughs> Deepest game there is. Oh, I haven't even fixed it yet. So, yeah, the main topic of tonight is, is, is a deep game more fun than a shallow one for the home environment? Hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of depending, but it also, um, you know, at the same time, I think a deeper game is more fun personally for the home environment because you don't necessarily want to be doing the same thing every time you play agreed yep i um, i think there's there's definitely not a there's different ways to look at it and different people are gonna have their opinions but i mean for me yes i i a deeper game is gonna always win out for me over a shallow game for a home environment see and 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 so like my example is like uh you know, a lot of people love Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness. I mean, they're essentially the same game. They obviously aren't the same, but they're very similar. I think one of those two titles can live in a person's collection if they aren't playing it all the time on route or on location. And, like, it can have a spot. Because of the call-outs and the humor and, um, you know, the toys, I think that there's some merit in some shallower games, Right. But if you've also played that game a hundred thousand times on route and in tournaments and everything else, I think uh, a lot of that like the enjoyability kind of decreases over time. So um, there is, I think, occasionally an exception to the rule, 
but uh, I personally like the deeper games as well. Although, uh, I guess skill is another part, because obviously out of the three people here, Parnell openly admits that he's the worst out of the three of us. <laughs> uh, so Parnell thinks any game's deep. Well, and it's funny you bring that up because <laughs> I agree there. The, the one thing that I've heard, and I, and I kind of, I understand it, and I, but I always kind of get a little bit of a chuckle out of it, is when people talk about buying games for for family or buying games for for friends that come over or this game is the most popular and and i wanted it for for people that come over and for me myspace is precious so like the games that i buy are the games that i want to play and i mean i don't want to be harsh but like i don't care if people come over and don't like them like because they don't have to play them all the time i do you know they're in my basement so I am not going to go out and buy a game that's more approachable for casual people just so when people come over to my house, they can go, oh, yeah, I like this game if I don't care about it because I only have so much space and and I want the games that I have to be meaningful and challenging to me. So I think if you look at it from a skill level perspective and like a casual perspective um, – yeah, the games that I have are not friendly to to casual people. I mean, they know the themes and they play the games, but I mean, when a casual person plays the game like Jersey Jack Pirates of the Caribbean, they get killed. There's no ball. Okay, well, we've got him in here back. for some amount of time. So, right. uh cut and then i guess i'll let you start talking about star trek if you remember roughly what you were saying sure yeah star trek was definitely a price is right nostalgia challenge buy for me i mean it would i would say it's probably on the lower end of the deep games too it's it's got the three levels um and it's challenging when you especially when you get to that third level not super deep but but really those that last level for all those missions where you're on a timer and you have so many shots and there's no carryover. So you either do it or you don't, and then you got to do it again if you don't. Um, that keeps me coming back for more. And then when you factor in the, should I go three deep in one mission or should I go um, do all the missions and get to the mini wizard mode and then go to because if I go three deep, I'll get the multiplier on that shot, and then I can really get some big points. I mean, there's there's kind of a lot of ways to to attack it, and that was always intriguing to me. And I've never gotten a five-year mission on that game. I've been close. So when the price popped up for, for what it did for me, I was like, yeah, I got to do that. Um, it will probably be the first game out when I do pick up something else, not because I don't like it, but just because it's – I played it a ton, and um, and especially if I do get to five-year mission on it, um, then I'll have seen everything there is to see. So it won't be as important anymore. But but yeah, so they're not all super deep, but they they've all got something in their own way, at least. WrestleMania is kind of the same way, where it's not it's not Lord of the Rings deep, but man, it is Valinor hard. I'll tell you that, um, just because of it's kind of, it's kind of got that that inter- intercontinental championship roadblock kind of like um, the Optimus prime super jackpot in transformers where 
the way the original code was in that game where if you didn't get it, you got to do it all over again. There was no progression save. And so people complained and complained and complained because that was the roadblock to getting to the wizard modes was nobody could ever get the, the Optimus Prime Super Jackpot because once you did it and failed, then it was harder to start the next time. And if you did it again and failed, it was even harder to start the next time. So you're looking at just shooting Optimus a thousand times to try to start that multi-ball to get that one super jackpot that you needed. And, um, you know, WrestleMania is kind of the same way, except there's no progression save. It's like it was originally in Transformers where do it. And if you don't do it, you got to try again. And trying again to get there is so hard that you might as well just start over. Yeah, and I mean, that kind of brings up, I guess, another quick point. I'll uh, steal, uh, uh, you know, a, a counterpoint, right, is, so let me ask you another question, John. Um, so depth, right? Depth is measurable in many different ways, because, like, Pirates is a very deep game. The Hobbit is a is, is an excruciating deep game, in a way. So for you, when, you did, when, we, when we talk about depth, is there a depth you prefer where there's more variety? Uh, like, let's say I'm going to grab turtles as one because it's not deep in the amount of modes that you have, but there's a lot to do and there's a lot sure. of different ways to kind of approach it. Or do you prefer depth like Lord of the Rings where you're pretty much doing the same thing a few times over, uh, you know, in succession and is like that more rewarding for you or is having more variety more rewarding for you? You know, I think probably the Lord of the Rings version, I like that idea of I'm setting out on this quest and I'm going to either do this or I'm not going to do this. Um, even when it came to video games, I was always one of the kind of completionist people where I wanted to do everything. And now, nowadays with video games, it's not even – you look at like Red Dead Redemption and stuff and, and Elder Scrolls Skyrim. I mean you can't. You know, I, I, I stopped playing those games because – I wanted to do everything and I'd leave town and it would take me 45 minutes to get out of town. And then I'd go on a quest and I'd have like 18 side quests and I couldn't do them all. And it was just overwhelming. I mean, I spent more time on the, in the game than I did in my real life trying to do some of these things. And, uh, and I, so it, it got to the point where it was just, it was too much. So I like, I like the Lord of the Rings kind of depth where there's a ton to do it's not easy to do. There's enough variety in that you're not doing the exact same thing over and over again. Um, but I do like the, like with turtles, the pizza toppings and things like that, you know, that, that throw some variety in there. I'm not a huge fan. One, one thing when it comes to depth too is I think you should be rewarded for how far you get in a game. You know, when I if I can get farther in a game than somebody else, I should be I should have an attempt or be able to get more points. I'm not a huge fan of these crazy multipliers that Star Wars has or Ghostbusters. I really think it breaks the game personally because I, you can like in Ghostbusters, perfect example. You know, now it's so easy to get multipliers. You literally hit a ramp shot and then hit the gear and it lights your multiplier. I mean, that's and the points are so off the charts. And so I can get to Are You a God, which is super challenging to do if you're just going for completion, and maybe get two, three billion points. But then there can be some Joe Blow 
that doesn't know what the hell he's doing that hits a couple ramp shots, gets a crazy multiplier going during like some mode or um, the the jackpot round and then gets 10 billion points off of it and has no idea what they're doing. They just lucked into it. But, you know, they're looping supers. They're getting 300 million a looping super and they didn't even know how they're doing it. And I just, I really think that breaks the game. I don't, I've never been a fan of that. And I just, I think you should be rewarded for how far you get into it. I don't think, I don't think somebody should be able to beat somebody else in a game score wise by not completing more than them on that. And in games like Ghostbusters and in games like Star Wars, um, you know, where a lot of Dwight code where he just has these ridiculous multipliers and then your bonuses too, where you just, you get these insane bonuses where that's all you play for. I just I, I like I like more of the challenge of getting to the destination as opposed to let's try to cheese it and maximize the score even though I'm not really doing anything um, as far as objectives in the game. Yeah. Hmm. Um. For some reason, I am so bad at picking up how to play a game. So when you say like, oh, you hit a ramp and then hit the gear thing and you'll upgrade your multiplier in Ghostbusters, I have no idea. Like to me, well, that's, the whole. That's the thing. A lot of people don't. And that's, and that's, what, I, that's what I don't like. I don't like – I've never been a big fan of luck. You know, because yeah. I've, been, I've, been, I've, I've always been super competitive at, at pinball. And I mean, I, I don't mind getting beat, but I want to get beat. I don't want somebody to luck into it. You know, I've never, I've, I, that always bugged me. <laughs> like, if you're going to beat me, cool. I have no problem somebody beating me straight up. Like, congratulations. That, that's, that's great. But when you like, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. And I, you know, I luck into these huge points. It's like, oh, it just kills me. Because <laughs> it shouldn't be that way, right? I mean, like when you, when you play baseball or you play hockey or any other sport on the planet, people don't luck into it. You know, it's like I didn't luckily hit this home run. You know, they they know what they're doing. You know, it, yeah. it, it's it's kind of the same thing for me, and 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 that always always drove me nuts. It was kind of the same thing along the lines of pump and dump tournaments, kind of segueing off a little bit. It was, I always hated playing in in unlimited qualifying tournaments because it was just whoever had the deepest pockets. You know, if I, if, if I'm willing to buy in 30 times to play a game, I'm going to get a big score, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that to me, when you've got a lot of competitive players that are really good, that have similar skill sets, you know, put us all on the same level, you know, give us all five chances, 10 chances, two chances. I don't care. But, but make it fair because I'm not – I was never one of those people that was like, oh, I'm going to throw as much money at this as I have to. You know, I, I'm not, I don't want to do that. I, it's, and, I, and I look at it with other sports. It's like you know, if, if I go up there and I get three strikes, I'm out in baseball. I can't buy a fourth strike. I can't buy a fifth strike. So why should I be able to buy one in pinball in a, in a tournament? It's like just keep it on, on a fair level. And if, and if you beat me, you beat me. And whoever thought – in a competition that you'd get more points playing a video mode. Well, and that's why people don't like them because <laughs> yeah. the same thing with Star Trek next generation where you, that game is brutal. And if you know the path in the, the shuttle simulation, well, you can, you can get 139, 149 million every time. 
well, I mean, if you do light lock every time, you're going to get shuttle simulation automatically on your ball three. Well, that 139, 149 million is enough to beat most people. So if they don't know that, if they don't do that, then you're almost guaranteed to win. And then if you do it that way, all you got to do is hit one right orbit shot to start Borg multiball. And if you do that, you're going to beat nine out of 10 people. It's just the way it is. So it's just those things knowing like, yeah, I can play the modes in Star Trek and, and squeak out 30 million out of million shots, but it's not worth it because the chances of me doing that and not losing the ball are low versus mm. the chances of me doing the shuttle simulation or Borg multiball because that low chance, high value. And it's just those things that, that people that, that aren't accustomed to that, they don't think of that. Yeah, it's just a totally different mindset of right, it's a different playing mindset. the game. You're playing yeah. for points. Right. You're playing you're playing to maximize value and minimize as opposed to playing the game. You mean you have to play it on a competitive level different than you would normally play it in your basement because you know in your basement you're getting extra balls. In your basement you're not worried about somebody else's score. You know, you're just worried about your own score or how far you get in the game. There's different variables that you have to take into account and um and so it's just it's that different mindset to to approach games totally differently than you normally would Jeez. Yeah. that's really true see now i'm overwhelmed <laughs> and the thing is, is you don't need to be it's no. like it feels overwhelming but it really when you when you sit down and look at it it's not it, it's it's almost less overwhelming to to look at it from that perspective than it is to just go in there and just flip crazy and hope the ball don't drain. Yeah, I um I remember when Tilt Forms came up and and I had joined it, but then I think that was right after the Star Trek um launch party. I was really trying to get into it and then all of a sudden I got too busy and never really made it back down. Yep. Um but when they had started having those forums with people like like yourself that put up like how you should play this or how this game scores, and then there was there's a couple other new f- forums or threads where it's like the top five shots or if what to play how to play this game in a tournament, and I always find those interesting because like in my house, if I want to put just grand champions up, I could go look at those how to play those, but if I want to actually see the game. I got to, you know, take the glass off and start finger poking. Right. And I've never, (laughs) you know, to my probably detriment, I've never done that. And, and I know the really good players do that. There's a lot of guys. um, Finger poke the game? Yeah. Like, like Asher Lefkoff and Adam Lefkoff, you know, his dad, Adam Adam Lefkoff. I mean, they, they are world-class players and they, when they get a game, they'll pop the glass off and they'll, they'll, they'll run through stuff and say, okay, well, what value do I get off this? You know, what happens when I do this and then this? And I kind of looked at it like, like it was a little bit of cheating. It's not really. I mean, it's, it's just because when a pinball machine comes out, there's a rule card, but it's so generic and basic. Oh, yeah. So the only way to really figure out the rules is to kind of do it. And sometimes doing it is really tough. And, and sometimes doing it and paying attention to what is happening is even tougher. So I can't fault people for popping the glass off and saying, what happens when I do this? What happens when I do that? And it really helps inform them on how to play the game because then they know. Whereas 
if I don't do that, my only exposure to it is if I do it during a game and I don't get the full experience that they get, and certainly not as often. So I'm at the disadvantage. So it would be advantageous for me to do that. I just, for whatever reason, I, I just like the mystery of leaving it out there. And so I don't, I don't do that. But it, um, I know a lot of people that do, and it works for them, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's the only way I like beat Johnny Mnemonic before I sold it. <laughs> that's a that's a fun game. It uh, I remember when they had one of those that at Sunray. That's another game, boy. Where it, you know, depending on what you do and how you do it, your score can get insane. With or the spinner if they take millions, the spinner out. Right with the spinner millions. Oh my god! You know, it's not yeah. so much about getting to power down. It's about maximizing your spinner millions. And if I do it right and you don't do it right, then your odds of beating me are few and far between. And that always bugged me because I, I just equated to, if I can get farther, I should do better as opposed to, you know, if I do it the right way or if I luck into it the right way, I should do better. Hmm. Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting uh, reading that like some tournaments are actually taking the spinners out of Johnny Mnemonics. Well, they have to. Uh, yeah. And like forcing you to play differently. Yeah, so. there's there's certain there's certain games that are handicapped because if they don't, the games could be too lopsided or they could take too, way too long. Um, like I know in Lord of the Rings, a lot of times they'll make it right out the gate where if you if you go over a lit rollover, you know you're erasing that letter towards multi-ball. Um, and you're not getting spotted any characters and things like that. I mean, they're, they really have to make it tough. Like Avengers, I know they used to like eliminate the, the Hawkeye orbit on the old Avengers game because people would just go left orbit all day long. And it was boring as hell, and it would take forever. And so they, they had to kind of you know take that out because it was just it, either time or or point-wise, it was just too lucrative to leave in there. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, on that note, Parnell, I think it's about that time, buddy. Oh, you love ending early. I do. <laughs> <laughs> do you have to work tomorrow, John? I do not. No, nope, nice. I have the day off, so it uh, it will be... Yeah, I can. I could be up as late as I want because I'm I'm with John. I, I don't work tomorrow. <laughs> John, yeah, your got... kids your kids let you sleep in, right? Mm, sometimes, but they are <laughs> out of town. They come back tomorrow, so I will be sleeping in tomorrow. And um, and when I do eventually get up, yeah, there's a million pinball related things I want to do. I've got a whole bunch of stuff for my games that I've that I have to put on or deal with, and hopefully I'll get motivated enough to do that. But um, yeah, I've got a day to do it tomorrow. We'll see how much I take advantage of that. Oh, nice. I'll be with my rascals. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, because I know once they come back, then it's all it's all over. And I don't if I get if I sneak away for five minutes, then they come running downstairs. Dude, what's this? I need this. And you know, <laughs> it just doesn't work. No. Well, thank you for coming on. I yes, thank you. Oh, you're, you're welcome. welcome. So. And they get a kick out of it, you know, because it's, it's knowledge is power. It's one of those things where, okay, now I know what to do. So I'm going to do that and I can at least get to that point, you know, so that's a start. And then we'll see where we can go from there.
Yeah. Well, great. Yeah, the more people know, the more they're going to want to play. Otherwise, absolutely. They'll, they'll be like, and the yeah, little people are going to want to listen to us. The little <laughs> taste, and the little taste of success. I mean, I, you can't, I can't emphasize it enough. Everybody wants that. You know, nobody wants to get killed on anything. So they just, you gotta, you gotta give them some opportunity to succeed, and then, you know, hopefully people build off of it. Sometimes people do, sometimes they don't. But if you give them that chance, you know, they can. You can really run with it. I would agree. Well, great. We will end the recording now. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll talk. Thanks, John. Absolutely. You're welcome. Yep. Thank you. However, Ryan kind of hooked us up with uh, our first sponsor. Yep. That's right. Our sponsor of our great, amazing podcast is none other than Charlie at the Pinball Basement. And we are now going to be utilizing some new software for all of our um, podcast needs to where we aren't going to have this issue anymore. So we'd just like to make another big shout out to the Pinball Basement. And um, me and Parnell will probably be working on, I think, a just pretty funny commercial to throw somewhere in the podcast moving forward. Uh, We're going to keep it under 30 seconds. Um, We might change it up. So, you know, you guys might not necessarily hear the same one every time. Um, but we're very thankful and lucky that we have someone that kind of stepped up and, uh, found out that we were having issues using, uh, Craig and, uh, they stepped up with a solution for us to be able to, uh, not only record ourselves, but have others join very easily and get recordings with them as well. So in the future, next time when we have a three hour podcast with John, what we aren't going to have to worry about is losing any of the audio. Which is great. <laughs> we won't have to worry about Craig's dumbass losing everything. Yes, I would like to thank Charlie at Pinball Basement. Luckily, this isn't just like some random sponsor that th- threw us <laughs> threw us a check. Um, he actually does, the Pinball Basement does some good work on recreating boards with the original schematics um, with approval from PPS for the Williams licensing. And he is making... Technically, I guess it'd be like new old stock, all new boards. He has WPC 89, WPC 95, and he is currently working on some System 11, a bunch of other boards. So it's actually very helpful products on games that can have burned up boards. And so you'll be able to get fresh stuff. Uh, I will actually be ordering some so that I have some extras laying around for testing uh, friends games and any customers that decide to use my horrible pinball repair skills uh, to fix their games. Well, that's, if that's not a shameless plug, I don't know what is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Let's see. All right. Pinball basement. Yep. We ragged on Craig. We apologized to John and our listeners, all eight of you that we know really love listening to us every week. Uh, we're very sorry. Uh, so I guess now we'll transition to the next topic. Yes. I also, though, am curious if anybody actually uses Discord and Craig, because the guy who made Craig is now making his own website to do recording with Craig's technology or code. Oh, God. And because he was saying that it's Discord that kicks you out or kicks Craig out all the time. And he said, the funny part is he said it is worse with the app 
and not the web version. And I was using the app. Lucky us. So no more of that. But yeah, let's move on. We were um, actually going to discuss our game rooms as they have kind of changed up a little bit. Uh, Ryan, unfortunately, has had no changes and he will live a boring life until his alien comes. Yeah, no, that's not true at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so um, I don't know. Before we get into mine, Parnell, let's kind of go over some stuff that's going on in your basement. I always like (laughs) the inner workings of what's going on with Parnell's stuff. You know, you lead with the best. We finish with the worst. And that's why we lead with you, buddy. Shenanigans. Gladiators is out of my house. Holy shit. No way. There is one problem left. Uh oh. God, I hope it's easy. The upper right flipper, when you're playing, will sometimes kind of uh, go limp or weak and then come back up with power. And so I just think it's either a loose plug on the flipper switch, because I replaced the flipper switch stack, or um, the switch contact. But I already adjusted that. So I, <clears throat> I'm going to go check it out. Seems like a power issue. We were talking, I think, the other night, and I also read that Medieval Madness Remake GI Kit is kind of running low on stock, so I went and hunted one down, and that should be here in the next day or two. Um, excited to try that out. I hear it's about a three or four hour install, uh, however, playing... Ryan's Attack from Mars, which I don't fully remember the GI, but I'm assuming that's because it was so well nicely integrated that you just, you don't notice it. It just looks good. I don't think that Attack from Mars actually has like a cool, fancy GI kit like your Medieval Madness does. No, I think they installed it from the factory like that, like where all the GI can change color. Oh. And like the speaker... Your speakers change color? My speakers do change color, for sure. Yeah, then I'm pretty sure you have it already built in. Mm. So, Medieval came with, like, nothing, right? And it's all these, like, aftermarket... Well, not aftermarket. After-the-fact kits to bring it up to the current level that Attack from Mars and Monster Bash set. And so I will be getting the um, extra-large DMD display at some point. And then the display in the stock speaker panel will go into my virtual pin as the DMD LCD display. Because it's kind of big. Yeah, so I I actually just checked to fact check you here. Um, (laughs) You you do get enhanced sound and you get uh, Martian mini saucers that are bicolored. But you actually do not get uh, color changing GI. That is not available. What? Yep. That sucks. Right. I, I really like the two tone LEDs that they have in the in the little was it the eight saucers, yes, six saucers. saucers, the saucer flashers. I'm cool enough with that, and I have the one of the coolest toppers in pinball. So, um, I really can't complain. If I'm hmm. honest. Well, the crappy part is. Uh... I kept telling everybody in the form that I played yours, and I thought the GI looked good. <laughs> well, the GI looks amazing. It's, it's just, it's not upgraded from the standard. 
hopefully that looks good. I hear it looks great, but like, there's not a lot of videos of maybe showing like stock and the new one. However, everybody says the Royal's the best, so I'm going to have to try it. Well, maybe you can be um, that person to to get some video of before and after gameplay, so that way everyone else can see. Uh, right before they sell out and don't have any more. I don't know if I want to do that, because then I need to get my Excel screen kit. Well, giddy up. Come on. I gotta do more jobs, I guess. Pitter-patter. Let's get at her. <laughs> I'm kind of tentatively selling Galaxy. And he's selling it. Don't listen. Listeners, I'm telling you right now, he's selling it. He's not tentatively. Well, he will autograph it. He will autograph it (laughs) for any of our listeners if they do end up purchasing it from him. Uh, I will autograph autograph it too. Jesus Christ. Um, We both will. We will sign it and it will be limited one of one. (laughs) I I think I thought I was going to keep it because I got like new plastics and all this stuff. And in reality, if I would have known, I would not have bought new plastics because the plastics weren't all that bad. And talking to somebody else, really on these older games, <laughs> if the plastics aren't broken, broken, it really doesn't add value unless you're really selling to the person that wants that game. And Galaxy is not a highly wanted game. So that's lame. I don't know. I hope it goes to a good home. Or it's staying at my home. It'll go to a good home, buddy. Don't you worry. I'm very convinced. (laughs) Why would it not be you or me if we lost money on a pinball sale? I mean, come on. That's true. That's true. I'm in Mm -hmm. the business of losing money in pinball. Yeah. 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 Um, I have some, some mods to kind of put on. And I got like the shooter lane protector for Ghostbusters to install. Man, you fu- you fucking had that, listeners. I just want you to know for for those that don't really know, um, I've sold, I've bought, shopped out, and sold games that are over five in my basement. The whole time he's had a shooter lane, he needs to install protector mm-hmm. for Ghostbusters. Yep. This man is the epitome of drag ass. If he can drag <laughs> ass, he'll drag ass. Uh. Ryan luckily has, uh, or unluckily, has no children to drag him down. <laughs> and I think the big part is after 8 p.m., I literally am falling asleep. So tonight and some other nights, I usually take a 15 minute cat nap at 8 30 and then force myself awake. Oh, look at that. Well, that's got to be taken out of editing. i don't i have a i'm like working on my my neighbor's big buck hunter and like his computer's kind of whacked out and uh the watchdog won't connect io board won't recognize it correctly but not not a whole lot going on up in this neck of the woods i am literally shocked so shocked i mean you are constantly swapping games out and buying and selling and trading it's crazy that was like five years ago, Parnell. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You missed on those days. Yeah. And for those that may or may not, uh, you know, know, I am the same as that old Parnell. Uh, so I guess this is a good transition for me. 
Flipper uh, extraordinaire. I wouldn't say I'm a flipper, but I definitely play pinball and know how to flip. So um, I had picked up Playboy, I think, last time we spoke. And I shopped it out and put a few games on it and immediately got bored of it. And uh, Chelsea, my partner in crime in pinball, also did not enjoy it. So we ultimately decided uh, instead of just selling Playboy, uh, we instead of getting like another C plus game, maybe a B minus game, we would also sell Demolition Man and then be able to uh, go out and buy a a game so uh i was actually lucky enough to sell demolition man employee boy uh within like a day it's really quick i'm not going to complain about that and the alternative is i was able to pick up a metallica pro by stern and um it's a previously routed game and there's definitely a little bit of wear in the shooter lane. It's not uh, minty or cherry, as some people might say. But I can definitely tell you that uh, considering it's been routed, it is in very good shape. And it has a few cool mods, like the Power Blades, Creeping Death, and uh, Color DMD that it came with, along with a brand new Sparky, a whole new plastic set, and a new grave marker. So um, we've got that down in the basement right now. And I bought a shit ton of mods for it. it. Like literally as soon as I got home, I hadn't even gotten the game inside because I had to wait a night. Um, I ended up driving all night, uh, about five hours away to be able to get to where this Metallica Pro was. And I picked it up. I had left on this journey at 4.30 in the afternoon. So I got home, parked, and the machine into the garage at 3 a.m. in the morning. So needless <laughs> to say, um, it unfortunately had to wait until the next day to be brought inside. But before the machine had even come inside, I had the spinners mod purchased. I had the speaker flasher mods. I have a Pinduino um flasher led system coming from a gentleman that i'm genuinely excited to play with um and then i bought some other mods the creeping death speaker panel the snake mods um and then like the grave marker interactive like graveyard arch that flashes um and then the metal metallica pop bumper covers so the thing's pretty much packed to the brim with the uh, mods or will be Unfortunately, some of the mod sellers have not uh, gotten the packages to me yet, but I'm sure they will soon. But that's the latest change up in the basement is I picked up a Metallica. So you can copy me on games. That's okay. Yeah. Well, that's because I'm not going to buy a Tron over like, I don't know, a Black Knight Premium or... <laughs> you know, some of the other games you have in your basement. You know, the thing that I want to, like, make very clear is I am a huge Metallica fan. Um, and I've wanted one of their machines since I almost got into pinball. I nearly bought one once, actually, two years ago. That was a Promium, you know, with all the upgrades and stuff. And it ended up just not working out. I think at the time he was way too expensive. 
So this opportunity that kind of presented itself with us wanting to get rid of Playboy and throwing Demolition Man up as well really enabled me to be able to get a, um, I don't know, one of my, I don't want to say grail games, but it's pretty high up there. I've uh, tried many times to convince Parnell to sell me his, and uh, every time he said no. So I ultimately just went and bought my fucking own, and I was like, all right, fine. (laughs) Don't sell me yours. I'll just go buy a different one. This is the cool part about Metallica's, well, now that you own it as well, is since you actually like to play your games and dig into code, you can tell me how to play mine. And then we can uh, see yeah. what scores are like. Or like see how good I can, how much better I can get once I know a little bit more of the code. Right. Oh, and the other thing for those that are listening, um, our valued listeners. Uh, my dear friend, Justin, who isn't, I wouldn't say a, a pinball fan, but he tentatively, you know, kind of cautiously likes machines and he's getting into it. But his big thing is, is whenever I buy a machine that he really likes, that's always the machine that ends up leaving the basement. Um, so unfortunately, uh, you know, He doesn't like to admit that he likes a lot of my machines downstairs in fear of me immediately targeting those to sell. However, he came over and on his second game ever of Metallica, he put up 141 million and put uh, his name up on the grand champion. Uh, I reset the scores when I got the routed machine home. I thought it was only fair. And my buddy blew the fucking game up uh, before I had a chance to shop it out or anything. And now the game's a lot harder. So I'm really, really upset that he's probably going to be up there for a little bit because $141 million, it isn't amazing. But I'm definitely going to have to dig into the code before I can legitimately thinking about legitimately think about beating that. Was that after, though, the code update to 1.8? Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. So you have to deal with it. Yeah, I will for a little bit. But, I mean, he got in to crank it up once, had crank it up lit a second time. But he got in to crank it up the first time. And, I mean, he made like two or three shots and drained. So there's definitely a lot of points left on the table. He didn't get the multipliers going from like fuel or snake from multi-balls, you know, add a ball, and then the two times play field scoring. So... There is definitely some points that I just need to essentially kind of like scrounge up. But um, the game played a little easier before with some worn rubber and wasn't quite so chaotic and hectic. And now that I've put polyurethane super bands on it, it's quite a bit more lively, to say the least. Uh, and the slings were almost uh, dead when I had them. Many times you could have the ball like hit the sling and it would just kind of like roll down it. You know, no big deal. Now, if a ball even hits the top of the sling, it will a lot of times fire just because I have them like, you know, hair trigger sensitivity at this point because I like to set my games to kill. (laughs) (laughs) That leads me to that whole conversation. And we've already talked about this. I'm curious if our listeners want to chime in on aftermarket rubber kits for your games. There's super bands, perfect play Titan. I have a Titan set on my Tron and I feel like they play 
sort of close to the black rubber set. Ryan put a full super band set on Metallica. Says they bounce a little bit. But then you look up reviews and every look, some people say they hate this one. Some people say they hate that one. I have had a Titan slingshot break on me. And I don't play Tron much. So I could see if the super bands hold up. Even if they play different, if they hold up better, being used more on route. Ryan has mentioned that a bunch of times. So, if I ever get back into routing a lot again, or going through my bar friends games, I would probably put those on instead of real rubbers. Yeah, I mean, I have, uh, was it Ghostbusters Pro downstairs that has the glow-in-the-dark bu- glow Titan set glow in the uh, throughout on it. Glow-in-the-dark Titan set. And it definitely is pretty bouncy. I wouldn't say that it's extremely bouncy, but um, I can now tell you 100% Parnell, having played Ghostbusters earlier tonight, I do think that Ghostbusters is bouncier than Metallica. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. Like 100%. It's not extreme but it's noticeable, like the amount of extra bounce. I think that there's plenty of bounce in Metallica still, but it is not as bouncy, which I don't necessarily mind. um, Because as I said earlier, I I really like my games to be set hard. Because if I'm playing a hard game at my house, and then I go out and I'm able to find an easier game to play on route or at league night, that's just a win for me. If their machine is a lot easier to play than mine, then hell, man, I've got all the practice I need. And there's a lot of routed Metallicas out there. Mm, Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. I think part of it's just if you do tournament or any sort of serious competitive play and the rubbers change, you just have to get used to the feel, which isn't bad. Usually they let you play a few games beforehand, right? Before like a big tournament starts. Sometimes. Yeah, it depends. Actually, I think uh, in some of the audio that I think was cut, so I apologize if I'm repeating this, but John actually talked about some of them where you're given, was it three games or five games? And that's it. Like you, you walk up, you're given five games, best of five. Hope you hope you play good. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes you do get to play a few games, but Sometimes at league night, especially if you're running late or something, man, you show up and it's like, all right, we're playing this game. And it's like, great. I've gotten (laughs) zero plays on this. Um, And in those instances, I like to attempt to go second if possible uh, to see how the other person's playing. Because that's as uh, Bowen admitted in one of his uh, Papa tutorials, that's one of the best things to do is watch other players play the game and see how the game reacts, how difficult the shots are, if they're able to make shots repeatably or not, because that's definitely going to give you an idea as to how that specific machine's bones are going to feel when you're essentially using it, you know, in the competition. John can talk for hours on competition pinball, so we should probably talk to him again, get his insights on how you would do that. I know some people kind of gun shy about tournament or competitive play but he's also done a what would you call it? it's like a learning lesson learning tutorially how to play pinball on site some years ago um and he said that was very successful 
Yeah. Well, and you know, the thing is, is uh, for a lot of people that might be listening that are like really intimidated by going to league nights or tournaments, man, you just need to get out there. I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I definitely have uh, a bit of anxiety when I essentially step into that and I get into like that mindset of tournament. And that's something that I need to kind of work on and get through myself personally. But you definitely need to get out there and practice and play with these people because even if you're going to get your butt kicked, which you should not go into the game thinking that, because you could be on your best game of your life that day. And those guys could be on the worst games of their life that day. The silver ball is not always kind to someone. And if they have just a bad enough game and you have just a good enough one, anyone can walk away with a win or a W on something. So definitely, um, John mentioned, you know, stay positive. Don't get into your own head more than you can. That's easier said than done. But um, go out to the launch parties if there's somewhere local that you can. Um, try to get into league nights if there are. If there aren't any and there's enough pinballs around you, you should step up and try to make a Facebook group and get leagues going. Um, it's a ton of fun that I unfortunately am not able to take a part of in as much as I would like to. Unfortunately, due to the fact that I live about an hour north of the cities and most league nights are on like Monday nights or a weekday night. And that's really hard to get off of work, drive an hour down to the cities, play pinball for like two or three hours, get home, go to sleep and then wake up for work and not be like exhausted for the rest of the week due to like lost sleep. So um, definitely recommend going out to those tournaments and just man, go out there and have fun. Cause at the end of the day, watching those other people play that might be better than you are great. There are great moments where you can pick up uh, good habits and techniques that you either haven't seen or get to see those techniques used in a way that might end up helping you play better yourself too. He did say that you have to play with other people to become better. Yeah, and don't be like me and play with bad people like Parnell. You need to play with like people that are better than you normally. <laughs> hmm. I love you, buddy. <laughs> I am so not good at pinball. It's all right. You'll you'll get better if you played more. You know, you just gotta come down to my house more often and and you'll get better. You've got the makings of greatness in you, boy. You just oh, gotta God. use it. <laughs> you know what? I just want to watch Bridgerton uh, over again. That is really random, but all right. Does Bridgerton <laughs> have pinball in it? No, man. You haven't seen that shit yet. No. <sighs> You're telling me about it. Sounds really interesting. <laughs> you should get your white or uh, your girlfriend fiance watching it so that you can watch it with me she's too busy watching like 90 day fiance and stuff man she she ain't got time for that someday she will someday. yeah correct no i'm sure we will at some point um yeah so i guess uh Is that it? yeah i think we're actually just gonna go ahead uh here hold on cut Should I make some clicky noises and um sounds? 
Oh no, you you can do this, buddy. You just you just gotta do it. <laughs> well, we are gonna wrap it up. You can reach us at flippin and mashing at gmail.com. Uh, I don't know if Ryan has created the Instagram account yet, but if not, it wouldn't surprise me. Spoiler alert, I have not. <laughs> he was too busy setting up Metallica. I was. I was too busy uh, shopping at Metallica. You need to get your butt up here and shop my games out for me. Thank you. Hey, I'm waiting for an invite to come up there, motherfucker. I am happy <laughs> to come up there and shop your games out. You tell me a day and I am there. Weird thing about my games is they're Batman, Sopranos, Jurassic Park, and Monsters. Whatever. I'll come up and shop those games out. <laughs> for for pizza and uh, water? Mm, no, not for that. But I'll oh. definitely come up and shop your games out. You gotta let me borrow Medieval Madness for like two weeks. That's not very nice. I think that that's really fucking nice because you're talking about like $1,200 worth of work probably and time and labor. Uh, So me asking to have your game rented for less than a month, I think that's a pretty fair trade. (sighs) Besides, I'd probably clean your game and maybe shop it out. I thought... (laughs) Because I can't stand playing a game that plays like dog shit. It probably plays really good because it's so dirty. It like plays broken in. Oh my god, no! I really feel yeah. bad. Maybe that's why I don't play my games, is so that I don't get them more dirty. Or maybe you just keep them clean and wipe them down like once or once a week or once every other week, and then you don't have to worry about that. Mm. I play my games a shit ton and I just wipe them down regularly. Like, Jesus Christ. <sighs> Maybe when all my projects are done, then I'll do oh, that. Jesus Christ. Here we go, everybody. When all of his projects are done, that's never going to happen. That's like getting to the end of the honeydew list. There's always more. That is correct. Although I probably, I had been talking to Ryan about getting super bands or titans for all my games even in just black just so um they can be shopped out again you really need to get the purple in your metallica really you like it 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 looks sharp i really i'm not a big fan of uh i've sent you a shit ton of pictures you just haven't been looking at them i looked but i didn't really notice the rubber color see but that's just it it's like subtle right it's not like, oh my god, look at me, I'm a fucking obnoxious color. But like, it looks nice. Uh, I'm not seeing them. Oh, you sent them in face page. What the hell would I go in there for? Oh uh, my god, they, fine. I'll send it to you in text. The glow in the darks on Ghostbusters intrigued me. To be honest. Because uh, I think they look pretty awesome. Oh, here we go. There's not that many rubbers on Metallica, is there? No, there's not. And it's super lovely. <laughs> I think it looks good with purple. Right? I, I was really kind of apprehensive about it, but I was like, you know what? I'll try it. In worst case, I hate it, and I just have to order a different set. But I honestly really like it. Like, it matches the playfield purple, like, almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it's not obnoxious. 
kind of like my glow in the dark Titans. I'm not saying they're noxious, but they're very noticeable. They stick out. Um, whereas the, the purple super bands, man, they, they're just so mild, but pretty. <clears throat> what's behind. What's behind your turtle? Excuse me? Your turtle. What what the fuck are you talking about? My turtle? Yeah, the the turtle face you you shoot the ball into? What's behind him? Uh you mean the snake? <laughs> <laughs> How do you know it's a snake? There's no teeth or tongue. Yeah, it's, I know. It's, it's the turtle head. No. <laughs> I turtle, turtle. I know. I know. I ordered Look, it's been seven motherfucking days in graphics. <laughs> you guys suck at shipping out orders. You sat on it for six days before you decided to ship it. Hashtag not impressed. Marco shit got here three days after I ordered it. Pin graphics, they sat three more days after the shit got here. And then they're like, maybe we should ship it. I guess he's waited long enough. So, yeah, I still have a turtle in my game at the moment, a snapping turtle. But it will be a snake one day. When my kit gets here. I didn't remember that the right ramp on Metallica goes from the middle of the game to the right side of the game, then back to your in lane. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. funny. The ramps are so light, too. Like, when I was shopping the game, I was shocked at how light they were. Because Playboy's ramps were really fucking heavy. Oh, I wonder if it's really just different heavy. metal. It's just not as thick, but that's not a problem. I thought you liked it thick. Occasionally. (laughs) Uh, My target between Sparky's legs is leaning to the side, so I'll have to get those stupid splint brace things and stick it in there. That's really weird, because I'm looking at mine right now, and it's standing directly up. And my game has 10,000 plays on it. I'm assuming it's because... He put Loctite on those screws. I mean, maybe. But the fact still stands. My Sparky target isn't drooping down. Oh, God, am I? Anyway. Okay, Anyways, yeah. we've got that topic. Goodbye. Good night. We love you all. Except for you, Justin. Fuck you if you're listening for putting up my grand champion on Metallica. I really want to put my name on your games, but it'll like never happen. You know what, Parnell? If you come over and put your name up on Grand Champion of my Black Knight, I will come up there and shop all your games up for free. Black Knight? Yep. Hmm. 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 That's going to be a rough one. Oh, it for sure is. (laughs) I haven't been able to get close and... No. In the last seven months, I've gotten close twice. So, yeah. You got this. All right, boo. All right. Well, good night, everyone. (laughs) And uh, as soon as we're done with this one, we're literally going to start recording another podcast. So that way you guys get two this week because we've been slack-assing on getting the other one out. Oh, my God. All right. Arnell can't wait. 16 more hours of editing. Yep. Adios, amigo. Goodbye.
How come Craig didn't tell us we were recording? You know, I'm really disappointed in Craig. Uh, he really kind of fucking sucks, if I'm honest. Um, I miss Craig. I don't. I much prefer this. Because when I see the red dot, I know that we're recording. <laughs> Craig, no, like... Craig is recording. Craig has um... joined the server. <laughs> recording. <laughs> no. Yeah. No recording. Except I'm not. In five minutes in, <laughs> are you there? I can't hear you anything. <laughs> and it was like, bitch, we've been talking the whole time. How have you not heard this? Yeah, I'm so fucking happy that Craig's a piece of shit. <laughs> He's like that deadbeat right. father that you wish was like active in your life and you like really want to love him and he's just like fucking get away from me. <laughs> it's pretty much like Ricky Bobby's dad. Yep. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> and then he just takes off. Right. 